recording from beautiful Fort Worth, Texas. This is the Artist and Octane podcast, where we discuss art, entrepreneurship, and man's unending love affair with the automobile. I am your host, Robin Moody, bringing you in-depth or at least entertaining interviews with the most amazing people that you've never met. All right, guys, this is it. Episode one, the first one. Just imagine as you sit there doing whatever it is that you're doing right now, you could be the first person. You might be the first person to hear this podcast. How crazy is that? Like ever, like in the history of time, this is the first time anyone's ever listened to the Artist of the Team podcast. That gives me chills. Actually, it doesn't because it's 105, but that's fine. So the first episode... We're going to just discuss, I'm going to discuss what you can expect, what kind of content you're going to get here. Um, so sit back, relax, get your seat adjusted, hear my wife, turn on your seat heater. Just kidding, it's already on, even if it's hot outside, I don't understand. That's all right, though. It's all right. I'll just keep making fun of her. All right, guys, let's go. All right, guys, this is it. We are here. We are as live as we can be on our first episode of a podcast. So first, I just want to thank everyone who's listening. If you're listening right now, you sitting in your car, at the gym, on a jog, on the john, <laughs> whatever you're doing, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to check this podcast out and see what it's all about. Um, I don't know if this first episode is going to be the one to get you hooked, but, uh, it'll give you an idea. It's an appetizer, right? So we're, we'll get you the main course maybe on episode two when you do our first interview. First, before we get too far into what you'll expect to hear on the Artist and Octane podcast, I wanted to share with you, my adoring fans, I'm kidding, I adore y'all. <laughs> way more. Um, again, I, I just can't tell you guys how much I appreciate y'all. Uh, if you're listening to my voice right now, I mean it. Thank you. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about me so you kind of have some context about where some of the opinions or where the conversation might go or where it's com- where it's going to come from. So always been a car guy. Uh, my mom used to tell people that I was born with a car in my hand. Um, you know, Hot Wheels. I think I started drawing cars when I was like four or five. I can actually remember drawing my first one. It was pretty weird looking. Um, it was on the floor in the hallway of the house, the first house that we lived in in Texas, which is the first place I have any memory of. That was in Highland Village, Texas, for anybody who's familiar with the North Texas area. So, I I have always um, trended more towards the custom scene, show cars, um, hot rods, custom trucks, mini trucks, that sort of thing. I haven't personally gotten bitten by the speed bug it's i had one car we'll get into it at some point in time 
that was fast, but it was a pain in the butt. <laughs> I just, I wasn't in. It, was, uh, it wasn't worth it. Um, so what do I own? So I have a 1971 Toyota Hilux. This is the most notable vehicle that I own. Um, it is um, sort of a beige color. It's on hydraulics. It's got some centerline wheels from back when they actually made billet wheels. Rest in peace, billet center lines. Um, it's on hydraulics, but it's not a lowrider. For anybody who's not familiar with car jargon, lowriders and mini trucks are two different things. And if you said if you if you told somebody who had a lowrider that they had a mini truck, they'd probably get upset. And I know for sure that mini truckers don't really care for being called lowriders. It's it's just two different genres. It's like. Uh, it's like death metal and rock, you know, like, sure. Okay. It's the same, like it's the same trunk of the tree, but it's two completely different branches. Anyhow, I digress. So my little truck, um, I bought it when, while I was building a Cadillac hearse, I had a 63 Cadillac hearse and it was, um, it, it didn't have the weird vinyl sides. It had uh, windows, like little, you know, like little, they're big glass windows on the sides. I was going to turn it into a surf wagon. I had, you know, big plans. Well, it turned out to be a rust bucket, and it was going to cost me way too much money. And then we had our daughter. And so in the midst of building that, I didn't have anything to take to car shows. So I bought this truck. It was in a, some guy's front yard. My boss and I had gone to, I, I have or used to own a lot of bicycles. And so I was the smartest guy in the office about bikes. And he took me with him to go and test ride a bike. So the people at the bike shop, they send you on your way to go do a test ride in this little neighborhood. So we're riding along and I see this truck in this driveway. And I didn't even know what it was. Or maybe I I might have, uh, this is like, oof, this is 2008. I knew, it, obviously it was a Toyota, but I was like, man, that's rare. I guess what I knew is that it was rare. So I went back that day on my way home and left a note on the guy's front door, like underneath the handle or something like that on his front door. And then every day I drove by to see if the note was gone. <laughs> The rest of the week, I think that was a Monday or a Tuesday, and it never moved. And I'm like, what the hell? Is this guy dead? Well, um, he wasn't dead, but he was on dialysis, and so he never went out his front door. Uh, but he did leave the house a lot, so he didn't actually see the note until, I think, Saturday. So Saturday, he calls me, and he's like, because I just said, hey, I want to buy your car. I want to buy your truck, excuse me. And I was like, okay, okay. So I go look at it, test drive it, everything works. The paint on it was really chalky. By the way, if anybody's listening along and you want to Google and see what this thing looks like, just search Robin Moody Hilux. It's pretty common result in Google images just because it's my truck, blah, blah, blah. So it was really chalky paint, um, but it drove down the freeway. It didn't go very fast. It was a four-speed had a motor that I'd never heard of called an 8RC for everyone that 
used to hearing about 22R motors, you know, in Toyotas. Everybody talks about the venerable 22R. Yeah, this is like its great, great, great granddad. Um, So the man told me a price, and I paid it. And there was no negotiating because I came to him. And the price was fair. It was super fair. And for a little while, I was going to flip it. I lowered it static, put some wheels on it, took it to Texas Heatwave. Um, actually placed, which, I mean, it was it was kind of when Texas Heatwave was kind of going to the, to the wayside, so I don't put too much stock in that. But anyway, I digress. And then Keith Sawyer at Infamous Air Suspension. Shout out. Make sure you guys are following him. See all the cool stuff he builds. It's all awesome. Um, he's like, man, you should lay it out. You should lay it out. Mini Trucker Magazine would love this thing. And I'm just like, really? Because it's just all stock. I mean, it's beautiful. It's in great condition, but it's just stock. I mean, it was just lowered. And even if it was bagged, it's still, I mean, I always thought that feature trucks had to be full paint, $10,000 paint jobs, $5,000 interiors, $5,000 in billet wheels. You know, like I just never... I never thought that a truck that was just bone stock on the outside for the most part was featureable. So I never could sell it, never could flip it, never could trade it. You know, everything happens for a reason, right? So I talked to Keith about doing a four link. I asked him if he would put hydraulics on it and he was like, nope. (laughs) He doesn't do, Keith doesn't do hydraulics. So he did the four link. I put on the hydraulics in his shop. I'd never messed with hydraulics before, so that took 14 hours for the rear. Ugh, I messed it up 13 times, but that's how you learn, right? Um, I did the front, but later on had him redo the front. Uh, actually, he did upper control arms for me later on. Um, but yeah, it's on a two-pump hydraulic setup with a whammy tank. Um, I was very interested in hydraulics. I hated the way that air compressors sounded. That that drone, that brrrr, you know, just ugh, all the time, you know, and having to wait for it to air up. Those those were some things that I didn't really like about adjustable suspension. And hydraulics more or less resolve that. I mean, they they have their own downsides, and I'm you know, no, not saying one's better than the other. It's just you know depends on what you value more. Um, so mine's on a two pump, four dump setup, uh, running straight accumulators all the way around. No springs to speak of. There's springs in the back, but they're more really just spacers. Don't tell anybody. Um, and it got a lot of attention. Um, I was able to join a car and truck club that's fairly well regarded. I think it's called relaxed atmosphere. It's worldwide. Um, shout out relaxed atmosphere, all my RA guys and gals out there. Thank you for listening. If you are tuning in, um, it got shot for mini truck and magazine and it went to SEMA in 2010. And then we had our son and suddenly I was faced with a situation where I had four people, but only two seats. Um, just to give you guys a, uh, an idea for anybody who's ever been around a Polaris Ranger crew 
or any of the double row, like six passenger um, side by sides, like the you know, like the UTVs, my truck is smaller in every dimension than a Polaris Ranger crew. It's tiny. So I just sort of resigned myself to the fact that I was gonna have to sell it. You know, I was gonna have to get a, a four seat thing and and you know, something with back seats so I could include I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to include my family and my kids in my passion of cars. So I put it up for sale. It was on, you know, modified and Craigslist. And I think I even put it on eBay for a little while, but I wasn't comfortable with that. Uh, eBay freaks me out. Um, and so this young man uh, contacted me from Canada. And he was starts asking me all these questions, and they were all the right questions. And he's like, okay, my dad and I are going to come down and look at it, and if we like it, we're going to buy it and drive it back. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I've never driven this thing farther than Houston, and you're going to drive it to Canada? Okay. So it turns out that his dad was a fire truck mechanic, and sure as shit, they came down here. I took them to Walmart. They'd never been to Walmart before. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, they couldn't believe it. They're like, it's so big. Um, they bought a bunch of tools because the the airline wouldn't let them carry tools on the on the on the flight. And um, man, they loaded that thing up and they drove it, and it made it all the way to Canada without a hitch. I bought a 59 Biscayne. Um, it was bagged. I love the look of it, but old cars are tough. I don't know. I just don't have the patience for them. I just wasn't into it. Like, it just wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me. I wasn't excited about it. It was just kind of a burden. Um, it never drove right. And I was like, oh, I'll just LS swap it. And, you know, that turns into a big pile of money. It's always more than what you think. And, you know, just wasn't into it, but I was sort of uh, keeping it. It was something, you know, it was something cool in the driveway. Well, uh, one of my clubmates in Canada, who I will forever be grateful to, Mr. William Salazar. I haven't forgotten about you, bud, but I do have your whiskey still. Um, sent me a message on face on Facebook saying, hey, bro. Your truck is for sale on KGG, which is Canada's version of Craigslist. So he sent me the link, and man, it hasn't changed. It was the same truck, like like almost dead the same. They changed the front tires. So, and it was cheaper because of the exchange rate. But I I kind of already made my peace with it. I mean, I was like, it was gone. Anybody out there with a custom car, you know how it is. Like, if you sell your truck, you want it to go away, far away. You don't ever want to see it again. You don't want to hear about it. And that's what happened. I mean, mine went to another country. So I was just sort of chatting with my wife about it. And in the meantime, this is sort of a longer backstory. Um, we, um, we, Bought a bug for her, sold it to a roommate, and then bought it back after he restored it across like four years. So we had her bug in the driveway now. And she's like, well, why don't you go buy it back? You're not really into the Biscayne. 
and then we can put one kid in the bug and one kid in your truck and go to car shows. By the way, my, my wife's awesome. She's totally cool and very, you know, understanding. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I booked a flight to Canada and uh, went and met the guy, drove it. It was almost entirely the same and paid the man. I drove home. Actually, that's not true. Back that bus up. I drove to Detroit and I met a trucking company that I had already sort of booked a um, transport with. So I'd already got the pricing and everything. I wanted to drive it home. I knew it would make it. But, you know, my common sense father was like, if you break down whatever it costs you to get around the breakdown is going to eclipse whatever it's going to cost you just to tow it home. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Okay, fine. So I stuck it on a truck. That was the scariest thing I think I've ever done besides, you know, having children born. Um, man, you hand your, your truck to two sketchy looking dudes that are driving a car hauler and you hand them the keys. And I mean, they put it on the truck and they take the keys with them. And it's like, uh, um, okay. He's like, yeah, well, we, we may need to move it around. I'm like, move it around? <laughs> you will not. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, so they drove it back down. I flew home. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I take it to a few car shows every year. And I can't, I, I don't feel like I can sell it. Like, you know, what do they, what do they say about love? If you love someone, let them go. If they come back there it's meant to be yours forever or something like that well the Hilux came back so I kind of have to keep it so that's the Hilux that was a long story there's probably more stories behind the Hilux but that's that's the gist of it um it's a cool truck I do want to do a motor swap on it at some point um I'm throwing around the idea of doing a Mercedes engine swap got a guy here locally that would be interested in doing it. So a little Mercedes turbo diesel. It's an interesting concept. I feel like it would fit the truck very well. Uh, aesthetically. It'll fit the theme. So. Uh, my daily driver. That's all the Hilux story you're going to get for now. Daily driver. 2007 Toyota 4Runner SR5 4x4. With the 4.7 liter V8. 1UZ, I think is what it is. Or is it a 2? I think it's a 1UZ. What a good vehicle. It's just... I've never owned a daily driver this long, ever. Every year, I pick something that I want to do that costs about $1,000. Bumpers, skid plates, um, gears. The last thing I did on it was gears. That was way more than $1,000. I don't want to talk about that. My feelings still hurt. Um... <laughs> I put gears and a locker in the rear, and it was a lot. Like, half of its Kelly Blue Book value. Um, and it just goes. If it needs something, it's because I beat the snot out of it. Like, the parts replacements are 93% of the time because of abuse. Not because of wear and tear. Uh, knocking on 190,000 miles. I think I'll turn it probably in the next month or two. 
Um, it's a great truck. Horrible gas mileage, but you know what? What are the what's that what's that meme? Your kids won't remember when you got thirty nine point five miles per gallon. Hell yeah, brother. But it's got a lift. It's got two point five inch rad flow shocks and struts, um, skid plates. What do they call them? Uh, rock sliders. It's got a swing out, dual swing out rear bumper with a spare on the rear bumper. It's got sort of like a pre-runner style front bumper with a 9,000 pound Ingo winch. It's got the snorkel on it because, well, you know, you can't be a real overlander if you don't have a snorkel. I'm kidding. Um, I went overlanding in Arkansas and a lot of the river crossings, you go down at an angle to get into the water and the air intake box on that truck is like right and right behind the front headlight. And so that's the part of the truck that gets the most wet and gets submerged. Um, and I was just like, man, I'll spend a hundred dollars on a eBay snorkel that's supposed to go on a 93 Land Cruiser, I think, or is it a 90 series? I can't remember hundred dollars on a snorkel that saves me a $5,000 tow bill plus repairs. It was just a no brainer. Um, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but you know, some people are like, that's so cool. And then there's invariably people that don't know what it is which i think is also entertaining um i have all manner of lights on it it's usually what i use to go and gather scrap metal for my art business yeah it's a good daily my wife's previous daily to the current one is a 2016 gmc sierra eight inch lift two-wheel drive though full bro dozer 35 inch Tires on 18-inch method roosts in bronze, which is kind of a tangerine. Don't don't tell anybody. Um, pretty cool-looking wheel. And she drove that almost for a year to the day. And she's like, I want a sedan. And I was like, oh, okay, but we can't get rid of the truck because I use it for towing. And so we still have her truck. And now we have her 2016 Lexus GS 350 F Sport, which is lowered three quarters of an inch on some 20 inch MMR something or others. It's like a real wide five spoke. The back end's cat concave and the front's not really concave at all. 20s. Um, that's all it's done to that one. That is such a good car. It has adjustable struts, factory adjust, like the struts adjust with like a little knob on the console for sportier ride. And I mean, it just does everything really, really, really well. It's not fast as I'll get out. It's not the best on gas mileage. It's not the most luxurious, but it's a sporty luxury car. And every time I drive it, I want to freaking steal it. I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I drive one of these every day? How do I get one of these for a company car slash hashtag, hey boss, I need a Lexus for a company car. I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, so, and then her little classic custom is the aforementioned 68 Volkswagen Beetle with a 64 front end on it. It's been repainted uh, by my buddy Jason Lorellis. Um and he had a friend do it, and his name is escaping me. Okay, I'm not going to waste your time while you listen to me think. Um, it's a 
kind of a beige metallic on top, and then that little panel between the fenders is a pearl white, and the beige metallic has a gold pearl in it. Um, really low. It's got uh, air shocks on the front beam and then the back. The back is tucking so hard that you can't fit your pinky between the tire and the fender. Like, the tire's tucked, but the fitment is so good that you can't fit your pinky in there. It's crazy. Um, so that's her baby. Um, it has a long and sordid story of its own. Um, but uh, it's pretty good. Also, not a speed demon by any means, but it just works. It's another car that just works. I think there's, I definitely understand the allure with air-cooled Volkswagens. They just work. It's a simple vehicle, and if you don't jack it up too much, like like screw with it, it's probably, and, and you know how to do things like uh, points and, you know, setting the gap on the uh, distributor. Um, man, y you'll go forever. I mean, the only problem is it's Texas, and it's hot. So it's a fair-weather friend, but so is the Hilux. So um, that rounds out about everything that we currently own. I'm actually eyeing selling the full-size and getting a Tundra in replacement, but like a super high-mileage farm truck. Uh, we live out in the country. We have some property. And I just need a truck to do dirty work, like tow a trailer, haul wood, mulch, I don't know, just truck stuff. Um, you know, something that'll pull a trailer. Um, I have a, a trailer, like an 18-foot trailer that my Hilux will go on, but it's a pipe-top trailer, so it's not a, not a car hauler. Um, so, yeah. So, that's just to give you a broad <laughs> and probably long story about the vehicles that we own and what are done to them. I mean, that, that really does paint the story. I'm all over the place, but it, I'm all over the place because I have a really deep appreciation for everything. I have a lifted truck that's brodozered out. It's never been off-road on purpose. Um, I have a mini truck that can't even be in the rain because the rear suspension's all bare steel and it's on hydraulics. Um, I've got a four-wheel drive that does go off-road as much as I can get it there. Um, and that's, that's actually my first four wheel drive and I really enjoy it. Um, I enjoy doing the, uh, adventuring, uh, going to off-road parks or going to Arkansas and driving around in the Ozark national forest. Um, shout out Texas Overland. If you guys are listening, um, what else? So that's, that's kind of what the stable, as they say, if that's not overly cliche, uh, looks like here at the compound, um, the art business. So this is the art part for me of artist and octane. I have a side business side hustle, if you will, that's what the kids are saying nowadays called Ram studio, Texas. Um, you know, if you're so inclined, uh, check it out on Instagram, give me a follow. It'd be great. Um, I make metal sculpture, I make lamps, all sorts of just knick-knacky stuff. I'm trying to work my way up to bigger things right now, uh, bigger sculptures. Uh, but that's sort of my how I scratch that artistic itch that I think a lot of artists on here 
probably understand. You know, you just need to make something. You need to create. Um, it gives me purpose. It really gives me purpose. And I think that purpose is important in this life. Um, you know, we're not made to go to work and do a job and draw a paycheck and go home and watch TV. That's not our jobs. Like, that's not what that's not what we were created for, I don't believe. I believe that... Um, our purpose in life is to do amazing things. And part of my goal in doing this podcast is to highlight my friends who are also doing amazing things that I just think it's like not even fair that you guys don't know who they are. You may have never heard of some of these people and you're going to walk away. I, I believe that you're going to walk away from this podcast being introduced to them and going, wow, wow, that's cool. Um, that was really the premise for me for this, to even do this. I have these conversations about entrepreneurship, about art, about cars. Some of them are just hilarious. You know, uh, I, like, you know, I love to make fun of the way that the new Ford GT sounds because for a half a million dollar car, it sounds like a hopped up V6. It's horrible. Um, you know, we've had lengthy conversations that revolve strictly around something is that, you know, mundane. Um, but I have these conversations and I hang up the phone and I go, God, I should have recorded this. Somebody would have been able to, to, to get some value out of this. Somebody would have listened to what we said and either laughed or thought that, man, I'm motivated now. Like I want to go and do something. And that's cool. That's cool to be able to have that, um, to be able to do that for people. And so that was the impetus for starting the Artist at Octane podcast. All right. Well, we are at a good stopping point, I believe. We're at the 30 minute mark. Um, and for me doing this by myself, I feel like I have talked plenty. Um, I hope that this has been entertaining for you. But either way, I just want you guys to know that this is just the beginning. We're just getting started, baby. Um, I can't wait to introduce you to a lot of the amazing people I know. Um, I can't wait to share their stories and 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 share the fun conversations that, that are to come. Um, one last ask before we get off. If you guys can get on uh, your streaming service of choice and rate this podcast, uh, it would really, really help us out. It would help me out. Um, this is not a, a money thing. It's just, you know, we want people to hear. We, I feel like this is something that's going to help a lot of people. And the, the algorithms require, you know, a, a good rating. So if you like what we had to say today, Give us a rating, good rating on iTunes or whatever podcast service that you're streaming this through. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Listen, it is beyond humbling to know that there are people out there listening to the sound of my voice and think that this is some good stuff. So uh, everyone be safe. Take care of yourselves. And until next time, this is the Artist and Octane Podcast.
Well, hey, kids. Have you ever heard of having an Easter egg on a podcast? Hmm. You have now. <laughs>